Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. No comment. Oh, terrible. <laughs> it really it really seems to not matter when you add them, sync them all up. It's like the universe comes back together. That's yeah, it's you're like saying, garage right? band is just like, oh, I'll take it from here, you fucking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, do you think two navy turbans is boring? Like in two different fabrics? Yeah, sure. yes. Alternate, sure. second oh. colour alternate okay so i'll get the conservative color in the velvet and then i'll do a little i'll go out on a limb slightly with the satin and glitter i would say match the eyes for the satin (laughs) (laughs) or whatever will make the eyes pop it's just so hard like i just i'd just like to stop you there on that popping eye you you, because i've i have a somebody in my mind now who I would describe as naturally having very poppy eyes, and it's not good. It's actually a little are worrying. Are they like those icy blue eyes that are, they look like a husky in human form? <laughs> no, they're like far out of her head. Oh, you know what oh I mean? no, that's just... Nicole Kidman. <laughs> no, Sophie, you got to stop hating on Nicole Kidman. She's the fucking worst. Fuck you, Nicole. The undoing wasted four hours of my life, but no more. Oh my God. I have abandoned. Cass, are you still watching it? Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to tonight's episode and I love it. And I just do love an unreliable woman as a, as the center point of a story. Yeah, like gets me it every an time. unreliable narrator, fine. But make, like, it has to have a plot. Something has to happen. Instead, what keeps happening is 58 minutes of Nicole looking harried on the school run and that high-powered lawyer friend just making calls from ballet and then literally at one minute to the hour mark something quick happens leaves us on a knife edge 
and it's over for another week. But do you not love the way they've made her look like an Irish goddess with the curly red hair and the velvet green coat? Sophie thinks she's a complete minger. And she hates that coat. Sophie, there is going to be, this is it. This is the thing that you're going to make say that makes people really angry. I feel like you can't come for Nicole Kidman. She's a treasure. No, somebody (laughs) in my DMs had such a classic put down. Well, not classic, but fucking brilliant. More bags. That's yes. what she looks like in this series. They are addressing her like the more bags yeah, in this series. Really but bad. anyway, I'm still enjoying it. I mean, it's an old trope. We have a woman who potentially has some sort of blackout drinking problem. Someone, another woman is dead and there are men and there is going to be a twist <laughs> and we are lapping it up. It I'm like, oh, it couldn't silly. be Hugh Grant, could it? It couldn't be any one of these terrible men. It must be this woman. But like, wait, something nearly happened like two episodes ago where at the end of the episode, two minutes to the hour mark, they, the police were like, we've discovered you, Nicole Kidman, captured on CCTV yeah, yeah. one block away from the victim's house. Cut to next episode, first two minutes. They're like, oh yeah, we don't care about that anymore. Yeah, the they were like, were just but obviously that was not at the... Yeah, they're like, that wasn't the time of death at all. So we've completely ruled you out as a suspect. Yeah, now, just, that's we just made spoiler. you tune into this episode. What? That's all we did. We were manipulating Is you. it a spoiler? Yes. I feel like us live watching The Undoing would be more enjoyable than people watching it on their own. <laughs> yeah. Especially with our intense criminal knowledge now as well. <laughs> yes, and our electrifying critiques. Uh, they're not just hot on, takes they are scolding takes we have to remind people to start buying their Christmas presents from us <laughs> nice <laughs> that's all uh, so we, because we ordered a has, fucking this ass is... load of mugs because you wanted them and now you come and buy them please Nobody wants There's a wall. Then. There's a small wall of mugs no I haven't put them all on site because I'm eking them out week by week to be able to create a sense of urgency <laughs> and control the amount I have to go down to the shop so, the post office Cass, put them all up by it. a fiver and then way to reveal <laughs> your amazing plot marketing 101 um so there's that yeah I'm surrounded by a a, a a little fort of mugs um so everyone who has ordered merch it is in the post um but I even on post are saying there's season days. It's taking about seven days for things to be delivered with on post. So right. just bear with. Patience, patience. Bear but you're in plenty with. of time for Christmas. It's the perfect yeah. gifting item. Even for someone who's never heard of the podcast. Just confusing. <laughs> it's a good well, confusing gift. My mom's gift. friend, bless her. My mom's friend wanted one for her son. And I was like, oh, does he listen? And my mom was like, no, she just really wants to support you and buy a mug. And I was like, that's a Aww. weird present if no one's ever listened to the creature. That is so cute. <laughs> Go on, Trish's friend. Ah, bless. I'm just like, you know, basically Trish is responsible for that lovely. lovely well, of course she is. That's the connection. Um, Thanks, any other crack before we go I do have a recommendation <laughs> oh yes Jen's just impatience with my stupidity <laughs> shut <laughs> up you shut of up of course it is you fucking idiot were you even listening I wasn't I was over here applying a reason. discount code <laughs> um, so there is a new show on Netflix that has that is why I'm so exhausted today because I stayed up till 1am last night watching 
we are the champions <laughs> so rain wilson has made this and it's six episodes of the weirdest com- competitions in the world oh, brilliant the first one is cheese rolling in uh, the farmlands of England where they roll that wheel of cheese down the the hill and everyone chases it and breaks like basically gives themselves concussion do you know it's that the Hugh Grant was in viewing. a movie about this hardly yeah. of course he was the man but who went up also... a hill and came down a mountain bingo for once <laughs> I had the answer that was correct and did he did he fall in love with a an average looking woman did, after yes. being a player for a while literally yeah. yes cassie <laughs> okay cool. the average looking woman was played by tara fitzgerald and uh <laughs> colin Meany was in it i'd say there might have been a few accents at this thing <laughs> anyway now oh, i realized that actually cheese this rolling. movie doesn't involve cheese rolling at all and so how did i guess it was correct <laughs> Are you gaslighting me? I led you down that path. The Mandela effect. (laughs) That's Um, exactly what happened. (laughs) I'm just going to review my britches and shut up. (laughs) I've got. I've never heard of this film. Okay, it's from the early eighties. Is it, guys? Did you enjoy it when you were teenagers? 1995. You were just a fetus, a mere fetus. So creep of the week into the cinema. Lads, has to be, and I'm not presuming the Pope runs his own Instagram machine, <laughs> but I'm presuming somebody holy does. And didn't they go ahead and accidentally like some sort of uh, saucy, booby Brazilian model? No. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> gas. Uh, oh, well, very, very funny. very popular. <laughs> very good. That was Thank good. You. Thank you. Very popular. She is. She has 2.4 million <laughs> followers. And then she was like, uh, what did she say? Oh, yeah. She she joked then. She saw the like. Oh, sorry. She joked then. Muted. At least I'm going Go to heaven uh, with like a screenshot of this image that was liked by the Pope. And then all hell broke loose, obviously, across all the papers and blah, blah, blah. It's an outrage. It was an outrage. And it was removed and blah. And uh, everyone apologized and it was confirmed that the Pope himself didn't, wasn't running his own <laughs> social media campaign. But uh, <laughs> fucking gas, isn't it? Little wandering That's fingers so there, funny. Pokey. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's, do you think he's lying in bed just scrolling like the rest of us? Oh yeah. I hope so. Because what the fuck else is there to do? Oh, it must be the worst being the Pope. Imagine all of the sad cases limping towards you looking for various do you know that way you just be like i can't i can't do this anymore take all of these people away it would be so hard to just have a laugh or just be at any point not kind to people because you're the i'd say pope. he loves um those gym fail compilation compilations on youtube like yeah yeah that's how he's getting that's keeping through. him the going. ice bucket <laughs> watching people ice get hit bucket challenge nuts. fails ice book challenge fails <laughs> yes seven stupidest deaths in a fairground <laughs> he's all over that shit uh what do you guys uh, think of everything <laughs> <laughs> just 2020 the world or organized religion like there's so much to unpack here do you have anything for us today of interest nuggets of um 
I have a story um about what's my chat magazine headline. Um woman I can't think right woman. Now. A con a con woman Yes conned right oh the conner becomes the connie is that it kind of i'm not clicking <laughs> you're yeah, not sorry it, it was weak <laughs> <laughs> it was really weak i started reading an email as i was speaking focus focus on the podcast How sorry simply just not you. enough hours in the day this is the highlight of my week. Actually, this is the second highlight of my week. Why? My what main happened this week? Is the creep. Oh, the, the, the creep lives on a Thursday are my favorite part of the week. It's really fun. Is this it? week our last one? No, we're going to keep going. Are we not? Would we not? Till when though? We're supposed what to have Are, are, we, are we ending week? the creep time? The creep lives. Lives. Oh, the creep lives. <laughs> I misheard. I have to stop. <laughs> hunting for bargs while we do the opening both of you need I have to a creep focus. of the week it's ridiculous okay go um, provided by our listener Far Bronach um, whose real name is Cahill I'm pretty sure but um, correct me if I'm wrong Cahill slash Far Bronach what's Bronach um, Irish for again I'm sorry sad bad Bronach? no Bron is sad Bronach. The, ba- the bad man sorry no uh, Bron is th- Never mind. I've just Brown is sorry. Anyway, is... um, a guy called Declan Ganley is suing the state over closed churches. Quote: Mass is a central component of our faith. It's more mm. important than eating. Mm. He is uh, just standing in a clearing. The photo is cropped, but I'm guessing he's carrying a pitchfork there. Uh, he just looks like a pitchfork carrying kind of guy. Just dying, dying and, for a uh, bit of mass. Yeah, this is and this is a quote from our class follower uh, who's quote tweeting this. This is classic Irish religiosity. The pretense of attending mass while doing nothing in the real exactly. world in accordance with your faith's <laughs> central doctrines. Love He's it. just in it for the confession, which does Thank make you, you think. Bronach. No, he's in it can... for the fucking host. We all love the, the body. I just did I tell you what happened wafer. at my granddad's funeral? And didn't I have my braces in? And I had then the body of Christ in my hands. And you both seen me Uh-oh. have to remove. You can't eat with my braces in. You have to click them out. And I wasn't about to do no, that as we've to mass seen. in mass. So I slid it into my pocket. And then I gave it to my five-year-old, four-year-old. <laughs> and I thought... I don't know what I thought. I think is it was that is that the worst, was, most blasphemous thing that you could do in that moment. You gave a you gave a little piece of a wafer to a child. I yes, think it was right weird. Jesus would have wanted you to the body of Christ in your pocket. Um, better to give it to Art, as Jesus said, "Let the children come to me." L- let the children come. I'm just going to leave it out there, Jen. Resist. Them. Resist I'm resisting, Jen. I am. Are you I okay? am resisting and it's gone. <laughs> also on go. Creeps of well the Week. Well done. Ryan Toberty has heard of, of the creep ropes. dive. Oh, no. Fuck's sake. Oh yeah, what was this dry rope thing? I went on on Twitter. It was trending on Twitter and I was like, oh, would yeah. everyone just... Yes. It was trending on Twitter oh. about two weeks ago. 
if Tuberty or any of his researchers would just go on the internet one fucking time, they wouldn't be consistently two weeks behind on everything. Why, <laughs> why are people hating on dry roads? What? Against RTE. It's unbelievable. Oh, you really are. I just, I was almost going to um, edit, not edit the mother pod. Just edit that bit out. And I was like, do you know what? On their heads be it. <laughs> Sign up now to uh, Mother of Pod. It's Jen and Sophie basically completely unedited by Cass. It's terrifying. It's um, totally, the less you yeah. listen, the better. There's a lot of this is going to need to be edited out that I'm listening to. I'm like, oh, that's funny as a listener. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, just like, well, dry robes, you know, they, they were there. Everyone was giving out about them. They were the kind of banana bread of lockdown too. Like, Why are people giving out about them? Because jealous, Cassie. it's... Jealousy. jealousy is that it because they're wearable towels yeah they're very warm and do you know what i suppose they've become a symbol of status they have do you know what i have an issue with all these new sea swimmers coming along giving out about fucking everything about people wearing their dry robes for a bit of comfort and privacy on the beach about people in wetsuits swimming in the winter sea it's like just let people get in the fucking water take a long walk off a short pier if you have an issue with it i have a, a, se- a separate but it's it's kind of tangentially related issue and it's the people who are going so hard out of their way to tell us that they were sea swimming before 2020 do you know these people i just have a problem with everybody but everybody doing it i'm thinking that like you if you have a problem just go in the water i have a no i don't have a problem i'm not i'm not making any comment on it i do have a dry robe and i highly recommend that i'm I'm talking about the people who write posts like ah morning swim just love my ritual it used to be obviously more solitary but it's so nice seeing people getting (laughs) into it now (laughs) oh yeah okay fucking sheila we get it you invented fucking sweet sea swimming (laughs) that's who i'm picking on here you know who you are not a one of the i think i know who you're Oh, do you know who I'm talking about? Mouth it. I think I have a I have a I have a a suspicion. A suspicion. Little suspicion. Someone want to tell a story then? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I've got a good meaty one. Here's my BuzzFeed. Go. Rescuing the wild boars. Ring any bells, either of you two? Oh my god, it actually does. Wait, it's not. Is the full story of the Thailand cave rescue. Musk oh. and all. Oh. So this, oh my God. I'm telling you I this story. I to a very different place. Because, uh, what what place? Do you remember, I think it was last year on Twitter, at some point there was a tweet that went that viral and everyone started memeing it and it was like, fuck, what was the number? It was like 50 to 53 wild boars. I'll get oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. What am I to do if... But they were something to do with guns. Guns. And he's like, how am I to defend my family if 50 to 60 wild boars come on my land or something to that effect? I will find wild it hogs. before the episode is feral, out. And I will... Feral hogs. Hogs. That's it. <laughs> you know when something's um, just there in your mind, Palace? You're like, where are my memes? <laughs> feral hogs. <laughs> Um, that's random but thank you and I will not be telling you about that story now this is I'm just buckle now in at it. 
You can start laughing now, Sos, but you won't be fucking laughing for long. <laughs> oh, gosh. Can I well, just you, say what the so original sinister. tweet is in case anyone's shouting yeah, yeah, it yeah. Yeah. or wants to know? So it was somebody on Twitter being like, if you're on here arguing the definition of assault weapon today, you are part of the problem. You know what an assault weapon is and you know you don't need one. So that's the kind of, you know, automatic yeah. firing weapon, blah. And um, then William McNabb um, asks, legit question for rural Americans. How do I kill the 30 to 50 feral hogs that run into my yard within three to five minutes while my small kids play? Does that happen? Has that it's happened? This so is so good. It must have. There's no smoke without fire. And do you think he has in the past whipped out his machine gun and just... And just mowed oh, them down, yeah. massacred as them all. Their small children play around in and around. These the small children now playing safely in a graveyard of feral hogs. <laughs> and then the kind of iterations of it are so good. Um, yeah. In his defense, feral hogs very aggressive, massively strong, and much much faster than you would think. Are they mm. like along the lines of the pigs you told us about that will eat humans? Yeah, that's all pigs. Because 30 to so. 50 feral hogs is all you need if you've got a corpse. Pigs, that was just what a regular pig. That will 100% eat you and everything Amazing. that's growing out of you. Guys. Yeah. Someone, sorry, someone tagged us actually. Remember last week on the Creep Live, I asked you about how you'd hide a body and who of your kids would be murderers and we got real um personal like that. But, um, Someone tagged us in a tweet, in a, a meme, and it said, it was like, how would you dispose of a dead body? And the person's response was fucking brilliant. They said, if I murdered someone, I would take them to a temporary location. Oh, yeah. Then I would give an anonymous tip off to the police about where the body is buried. So they would go out, check a location, find no body and think it was just a false tip off then, then I would take the body to that location yes. then bury it knowing that they probably wouldn't go and reach Very it and the police clever. have already dug the hole for you that's they're amazing. not going back and they've dug the and hole they've dis- <laughs> they, and they've disrupted the soil amazing the, so- the soil has been overturned without suspicion that's class okay Very. are you good. ready are you ready we've been in, in the housekeeping portion for quite a while let's go so we are Okay, this is how it began, okay? I'm going to make some catastrophically poor pronunciation of some Thai words here. So now... You just so I'm just going to breeze right <laughs> through it, right? Don't stop me. Now so you know the background of this story. Uh, this was a fascinating, gripping story. Does anybody know now? I wonder whether did this come before or after the Chilean miners? After. It came after, but like, uh, yeah, but like a very good sequel. It was like a sequel in a way. Like we were all, we needed to collectively root for something. And this just was perfect for us. There was a few deaths in this one though, wasn't there? Well, let me tell you. Okay. So it all began one summer's day, 23rd of June. uh, And it just so happened to be this guy. Here we go. Pirapat, his birthday. He was 17. Big milestone. Family made a cake, a SpongeBob SquarePants cake. A couple of super big presents wrapped very nicely, and they were waiting for him to come home from football practice. Everyone was very excited. 
But uh, Pirapash wasn't coming home that day. He was somewhere else. No. <laughs> Are you making this up as you go along? Not really. Not really. He was You're okay. making us laugh at the plight he of was, his poor children. It was Grant. He was okay. He was with his pals at the t- at, on that day. Uh, they were all part of a, a football group, otherwise known as a team, called <laughs> the Wild Boars. Okay, hence my finding of the Wild Boars. So anyway, he was out with his mates. So the whole football team were there with their coach. Here we go again. Apologies in advance. Ekapal. We're going to call him Eki, I think. So when their football practice ended, they raced through the rice paddy fields on their bicycles up into the forested hills that had uh, been recently rained on. So it was the beginning of rainy season. But these things uh, in Thailand, they're almost to the day um, in terms of when they can predict this kicking off and how bad, and how much rain's coming. And, you know, it's very dramatic. And they were sort of just before the beginning of it, of, of the kind of rais- rainy season. But it, was, it, it had been raining. <laughs> I'll stop all that, uh, the chat I know nothing about. And then I just keep talking and I realise then none of what I've said makes much sense. Back in the... Back in the room, I am. So they were heading on up the field <laughs> and their destination, apologies in advance, was Tom, Tam Luang, okay? Fucking okay. huge cave. They loved hanging out here. So what they do is they'd cycle up to the mouth of the cave, they ditch their bicycle and their backpacks and the ball and they'd head in cave exploring. And uh, for most part of, this, part of the summer before this, there was no rain. So there was very little water there. It was all pretty safe. And uh, they were well used to exploring the cave. So they kind of knew the nooks and crannies quite well. Right? So when they were at the mouth of the cave, they ditched their bags and their their things, as I said. And they headed in with their young coach. So they'd often ventured pretty deep in, sometimes as far as eight kilometers. uh, For these kind of initiation rites. Yeah, walking in. That would take Uh, a good while, like. Yeah, yeah, they were. Mad. This was part of their 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 kind of deal. They all had a torch, and they'd go in t- and they'd just play games. They'd write their names on the walls, bit of graffiti, bing bang bosh, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit of porno, and that would be the afternoon. So, not this day. So, in they went without the bags. They had just had their torches, and they had their coach, and there was about thirteen of them, I think. And uh, they would not emerge from that cave for another two fucking weeks. Jesus. Yeah. Right. Back at this uh, birthday boy's home, the family started to panic. They're like, no sign of them. Uh, where the fuck are the wild boars? Where are the lads? So snaking for about 10 kilometers beneath this mountain range that separates, it separates Thailand and Myanmar. It's the fourth biggest Thai uh, cave system that sounds kind of like yeah. it's fucking huge and massively mm. complex and uh terrifying so jesus yeah it's so apparently so named after a mountain shaped like a reclining woman its full name is tam luang I, why did i even start this sentence kun nam nang non right the great cave and water source of the sleeping lady mountain has there Very ever well been done. a more foreboding name 
So uh, rich in folklore, very famous, very popular destination for day trippers uh, because it's it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, it is, however, pretty dangerous. So people have gone missing here before. And once the monsoon season starts in July, the cave goes from this kind of amazing sort of cavernous space to a completely flooded underground mm. Dundrum shopping centre type place. Um, so Remember the time Dundrum shopping centre did that's flood? That's right, actually, Cass. That is a good... That was a pretty... That Was a, was that around... Uh, there was some famous storm. Was it last year or the year before? Never mind. So the cave... The year, year before. The cave can flood as deep as 16 feet, right, during the peak of rising season. And... Uh, and everybody knows you should only really be going in there between November and April. So we're in late June now. So although oh, the lad, they planned to tour to just play around, there was this place, I'll get to it later. So once the cave is flooded, even divers don't go near it. So almost everyone around the area knows this. So when the parents of the wild boars began to freak out about the missing lads, they headed straight for the cave. And uh, the boys' plans to visit Tamyung had been discussed in a group chat on a messaging app with their friends. So they knew exactly where they all were. And uh, a few of the families went up to check it out. And of course, there were all the bicycles, all of the bags. And they sounded the alarm. So deep inside the cave, the wild boars found themselves in trouble. It had been raining for the last few days. All that water falling on the mountain had to go somewhere. So that somewhere was the cave system and it was filling up fast so uh, one initial account from the boys suggested they were caught off guard by a flash flood uh, they needed to get out but instead had no choice they couldn't go back so they had to go deeper into the cave beyond a point at which they'd ever been so the wild boys eventually found themselves marooned on a small rocky shelf about four kilometers from the cave's entrance past a normally dry point known as Patea Beach, which is where they used to hang out, uh, but that was completely flooded. So they were swallowed up by this mountain, surrounded by darkness, <clears throat> and they they had kind of lost all sense of time. So they're off to sea, frightened, freezing, uh, and uh, you know, alone. And they had their this coach. So the coach Aki, I think he was only eighteen or nineteen. Oh um, Christ! But he was oh, like, no. uh, in a way, Freaking it was out. like, well, yes, definitely. But thankfully, he was there with them. So, uh, so the group used rocks to dig five meters deeper into the shelf to, uh, to create a kind of cavern where they could huddle together for warmth. And Aki, who was a former monk, taught the boys meditation techniques, which helped them stay calm and use as little air as possible. Uh, he told them to lie still to conserve their strength so pretty extremely good advice Um, it was an extraordinary set of circumstances so okay they apparently had no food but they did have a supply of drinking water in the form of moisture dripping from cave walls you know you might have been to the Alwi caves in your youth Mm, and seen the stalactites and the stalagmites and you yeah, notice the condense. This is it. Can't see, no one can though, remember was, which is which. Well, see, tights go up and down, so it was That's actually exactly a flawed comparison. You're totally right. But you might remember the condensation or the the water from just kind of drainage down through the soil and everything above dripping, mm. and that water would have been drinkable. And this water was drinkable for the lads. So, 
It was pitch black, obviously, uh, but they had some torches and there was also enough air for a while because the porous limestone and cracks in the rocks meant air could come through, right? They had the conditions to last for a while, basically. What do we know? We know you can last about Thirst two weeks kills without you food. Before hunger. Yes, you, you yeah. can three days is all you'll get without water. Um, but they had water, right? Now, can I ask a question? Was it yes. the water in the cave tidal? or not um no because it was rainwater from the okay so it had from, just filled to a point and that yes was, there was no yes. sense that it was going to recede at any between any absolutely not this was the very beginning of the rainy season before things really fucking kicked off and mm. uh, you know so they they were sort of yeah, they, they probably shouldn't got in in the first place not Jeez, that i'm victim yeah. blaming here at all so Outside the cave, a humongous rescue had just begun. So, authorities called in the elite uh, Thai Navy SEALs, the National Police, other rescue teams, local volunteers. So, initially the investigation found footprints at one of the chambers in the caves, but no other sign that the boys were even still alive. Oh, jeez. So, the wild boys were somewhere in the cave but where and most importantly how the fuck was anybody going to get to them so exploring get the cave, them back out well that's it wait yeah. for the fucking thing that unfolded so back so where am i exploring the okay so most navy divers had a little cave diving experience uh but nothing major and the weather was just merciless now the heavy rains had was all day long heavy fucking heavy rain and it meant that the water level was just rising and rising each day. It was flooding chamber after chamber and cutting the rescuers off from access to those oh, parts of the cave. So engineer me such a no feeling. Oh, it's amazing. It's mm, it's amazing in a way that we're that we are kind of propelled to investigate at all. But we definitely Ooh. are. We are. We all yeah. want to get into holes. So anyway engineers right were on the scene and they were like what well we're gonna try and pump water out so that's what they did started to try anyway mm. at the start one of the volunteers said no one had any idea really what to do at the beginning officials brought whatever equipment they could think of and that went from like small water pumps to long pipes they denied shovels but like i mean like they had no fucking inkling which direction even the lads they needed yeah serious cave divers to to get anywhere here so they but they did at one point try drilling into the mountainside right uh desperate to find cracks in the cave and maybe they get access from above uh they could squeeze in and see see if they could and they used drones with thermal sensors where they were trying to rescuers also turned to villagers for you know the local knowledge and the navy seals found a boy a wild boar member right who happened to have bailed off that day skipped the cave expedition and he recalled a place in the complex they'd visited before which was this Patea beach place ah. you might do you remember i was saying that's that's effectively where they were so amid they were the beyond it or something, they right? were just beyond it and they dug five meters behind it. so amid the flurry of rescue operations a small group kind of kept vigil at the entrance and this was the family and geez the whole fucking place was was there every day and the boys family were they were bringing food to volunteers they were praying and just you know being there and uh the school was doing the same stuff there was candle vigils all this carry on it's so and, mad uh, because it's like you feel like surely 
they were within reach. Well, that's it. Like, because how yeah. can this thing yeah. be so impossible? It's like well, that's people... absolutely right. Because the first few days, the vigils were there because they felt like they were going to be the welcome home squad for the lads. Yeah. But of course, as as days gr- went on, it was looking like it was not going to be a rescue, but more of a, you uh, know, returning find, the bodies. Re- well, that's it. Well, that's what it was starting to look like. Anyway, and can I ask, did they try inside the cave to do any kind of exploratory, like escaping or not yet? Like, uh, okay. They had no concept of where the lads were and that w- and so they didn't know. How big of a problem getting them out was going and was going to eventually be? No, but, sorry, I meant the the lads, the actual trapped lads. Like, did they try to sort of swim back? No, not good swimmers. Uh, and oh, Jesus. also, it was pitch black. So I don't know. Actually, there's no. I I couldn't find Aki. The coach was interviewed kind of a good bit. He seemed to be you know, the voice of the lads and what they were doing in there. And it was just, just stay alive. And also going back into the water when you're just trying to keep warm would be sort of counterintuitive then. True, I reckon true. at that point they were probably, they were looking at, they knew that there was going to be a rescue, a big one. And they yeah. were like, if we just stay mm. here, that's what they say, don't they? When you get lost, just fucking stay in one place. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I guess it would just be so disorientating in the blackness. Mm-hmm. Yep. Trying to so, figure um, which way was even fucking up. Right, sorry. Right, so the community, uh, news was starting to spread here, obviously, the internet, and uh, the community were really pushing it out. And then, so people were flying in from all over Thailand, and social media media was a buzz, right? But shit was about to get global. Now, uh, the, so the first international rescuers arrived on the 28th of June. That's five days after the lads were gone. They came wow. from America. America. That was quick. Yeah, so this was I the mean, U.S. Air Force. In a cave, but. But yes, but still, I mean, it's Quick great. for an international rescue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, U.S. Air Force rescue specialists and super cave divers from the U.K., Belgium, Australia, Scandinavia, and many other countries. A humongous force of speci- speci- people specialized in this arrived. And uh, so they arrived then and others were roped in when it became clear just how monumental the search would be. So after the next few days, they and the Thai divers would fight a constant battle with the elements. Rain was unyielding and the water level was rising and rising, cutting off just, you know, imagine going in and you just feel a swell. It would just be like, oh, Jesus, this is yeah. just, how are we going to get like, these Would you be out? getting out again yourself, basically? Every time yeah. the rescuer goes in, they're like, am I even this fucking is, getting out of here? Well, that's it. They would, some of them go in, they'd be in there for 10 minutes and they'd be like, I don't even... So at that point, though, they had... Uh, they had drawings that they knew of any, you know, that they were there mapping out the cave system already. They had all the local knowledge. They had this beach that they knew from the young lad and they were like, oh, yeah. we're going to try and get to that point and see what we can find. So over the next few days, um, they were in and out and in and out, stri- swimming against very strong currents, uh, often forced backwards um, by the f- rising f- uh, floodwaters. So now we're on Sunday, the 1st of July, over a week after the boys went missing, the rescuers made, did make some progress. They reached a large cave that would be later dubbed Chamber 3. And this was going to serve as a base for the divers. So uh, they were like, right. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the very next day, where are we? The 2nd of July, 
two British divers made an incredible discovery. So uh, John Volumpen and Rick Stanton had been braving the narrow murky passages for several days. They're two, I think they're from the UK. Mm -hmm. Did I say that? Yeah. So these are two UK guys. They've been in and out and they've been kind of doing sterling work, working as a team. And uh, then they finally reached that fucking beach place. They could, but there was nothing. So they continued onwards into the darkness. A few hundred meters further, they found an air pocket. So your man says here, whenever there is air space, we surface, we shout and we smell. I, I'm not sure what that means, but, but it's standard procedure for such rescue operations, apparently. So your man then said, we smelt the children before we saw or heard them. I guess it would be distinctly different from what you've been smelling in the cave. Do you know, a bunch of humans as opposed to kind of just damp moisture or some sort of cave like something. Yeah. So anyway. They're probably shitting on the ledge and stuff. Well, that's, that's it. That would be exactly true. But sure, you'd be not much shitting with no food. Or maybe they were trying to smell for a corpse either. Yeah, a bit of rotting. So anyway, mm. we smelt the children before we saw or heard them, is what he said. Mm. Soon, the light from John's torch illuminated, uh, as the, illuminated the side of the thing. And what did he see? Only every fucking one of the lads and the coach, oh, right? my God. How but amazing. Also, he was wearing a GoPro. So he has <gasps> this footage. I, I Will I try and share it with you? Will this work, Cass? Let me try it. You share your screen. I yeah. share my screen. Oh, my God. And uh, let me just. <gasps> oh, my God. The poor thing. Can you hear? Can you hear? Oh, my God. Do, we did you hear, hear that? It, but... How do you? You have to be able to hear this now. Hang on. Let me see. It might be because your headphones are plugged into the computer. Anyway, I'll show you it anyway. I'll tell you. So John says, how many of you? And they reply in English, 13. And he said, that's everyone. That's all of you. And they say, yes. That's amazing. So he's sort of floating around there, looking at all the lads with his uh, torch. And And they're all like, I know what else would they be wearing, but they're all wearing their training uniform. Like They're all in, yeah, shorts and t-shirts. And it doesn't look like they're wearing shoes. Nah. He says, I'll stop that there. He said, there's many people coming to get to rescue you. Uh, but of course, the lads say immediately, like, we, are we getting out today? And he said, no, not today. Oh. And they were like, well, you know, obviously that would be confusing to you. As far as they were concerned, they don't, yeah. they just walked in. They had no concept of. The miniature founder. Yeah. yeah. So John was like, well, they're all alive. This is fucking amazing. And got word back then to everyone standing around the entrance of the cave and also the world. And it was absolute. I mean, it was brilliant. The families, Jesus, everyone delighted. Yeah. Now, began. And did the coach speak English? Yes, it, it looks like a couple of the boys speaking. I don't know. It sounds from the, that video like, yes, there was a few English Just, you speaking you know the way, like, people. communicating that mm-hmm. idea that, like, I'm not helping you right now. Yes. You know, no, no, they could understand that. You can see from that film. Um, so anyway, so the boys and the coach were quickly joined. So anyway, that so began this fucking epic how to get the lads out of there. Out, Imagine yeah. like John and that other guy, two incredibly uh, per- experienced, specifically cave divers. It took them like days to get to the lads and they were like, well, how in the name of shite are we going to get the fucking lads back? So after nine days in the darkness, the wild boars once again saw light. Uh, so they were, they longed for food 
they wanted uh, rice, like rice meat. They wanted food, but the doctor's orders would mm. were, were that they be put on a special diet of just medicated liquid food and mineral water vitamins, right? Uh, so the rescuers, so they were bringing, they were able to get to the food, get the food to the lads. So they were able to kind of okay. keep them going. So the rescuers then set to work figuring out how the fuck to get these 13 lads, some of whom couldn't swim, uh, from a winding flooded four kilometer stretch of caves that even the experienced divers were struggling with. So uh, time is not... Is it pretty narrow at parts? Extraordinarily narrow. So Like it wouldn't be like, does anyone have a submarine? No, well, that's you might recall Elon Musk. Anyway, I'll get to that. Musk offered a little mm-hmm. rockety submarine. I was yeah. going to say, would James Cameron not cough up that fucking submarine from the start of Titanic? Way too big, so way too. She wouldn't get he's even that get into the wall it. of it. He's doing There's his no commute. way he fucking give it up. He's busy. Uh, so time was on there. It was not on their side. They were expecting huge, more heavy, heavy rain within three days, and wouldn't that have filled up? That whole space that the oh lads were my in. God. Oh my God. So uh, here we go. Overnight, journalists from all around the world descended on the, the the district because, of course, now this had become what was kind of a story about and the unfortunate demise of thirteen very young children. It was now an unbelievable rescue mission. So uh, yeah. a makeshift town kind of mushroomed around the rural county park, just around the cave entrance, food stalls were set up uh, some staffed by members of the Thai Royal Kitchen. Serving, anyway. Bono they were, did they a were free keeping, gig. Bono did a gig, yes. He uh, came in a sub, but he wouldn't <laughs> let them use it for the rescue. So all the people in the area. But he gave them all his music on their iPhones afterwards. <laughs> all the people in the area got to work, lads. They were, uh, there was a few public toilets. People were cleaning the toilets. People were making free food, keeping the volunteers going. Of course, all the journos arrive and they're going to need jacks as well. And, uh, so there was, oh Jesus, this was, but this is a bad moment, right? Former Navy SEAL diver, uh, Saman Gunan. He was one of the many volunteers that um, rushed in to help the rescue. And then on July 6th, while on a routine run to deliver air tanks to the lads, didn't he lose consciousness after running out of air for himself? And his dive buddy pulled him out oh. and he was dead. He was actually, as it turned out, he was the only victim of this um this yeah, story the only right. person that died he was only 38 it's amazing so. what these people do mm-hmm. it's like a, a fire uh, at 9-11 yeah i mean in. absolutely heroic and uh imagine anyway. being able to do something though that was useful i can't you actually honestly. could can't be, relate <laughs> you could be needed somewhere like this i mean can't i can't think either. of a single thing that i would be helpful with uh but <laughs> Okay, lads, we're still getting the lads out. Sad for your man, dead. That's sad. Let's focus back on the lads, right? So the rescuers mm-hmm. had identified three possible options, right? Train them to dive through the flooded area of the cave. Um, I mean, that was a risky, it's a risky option, but it was an option. They were going to, tr- the other option would be pump water from the cave and wait for water levels to recede naturally. This option could have taken up to four months. Uh, right. option three find or drill alternative passages for the lads so the divers started practicing with some of the local boys at a swimming pool trying to figure out how to transport a child safely underwater other solutions such as this is elon enter elon musk kid-sized submarine that elon musk and his engineers uh 
offered to quickly engineer and send over. Uh, but that was rejected. It was unsuitable. You know, and then he had the tantrum and called everyone a pedophile. Remember that? No. Yeah, he did that on Twitter. He called one of the... Uh, anyway. So the rescue team faced conditions so difficult that uh, even simple tasks, setting up air uh, airlines into the cave, seemed impossible at first. But finally, late on the 6th of June, rescuers set up an oxygen supply. That was great. And... Uh, in the end, the boys communicated with their parents the old-fashioned way. They wrote letters, and some of those letters are there, but it's the usual shit. But then the uh, the the coach was. Wouldn't you be there and be like, "My mom is going to fucking kill you me would. when I get out of this cave." You would. You'd, and so, do you know though whose letter was the worst and best? Fucking Aki, the coach. He just writes, "I am so sorry to the parents." He was incredibly British. guilty. He's breaking it, obviously. Mm. Uh, so, D-Day, right. Sunday, but also, 7th of July. But also, he basically provided two weeks of free childcare for these parents. That's a sincerely good point, Sophs. I mean, they they know where they are. They're safe as long as they're not dead. Anyway, <laughs> Sunday, the 7th of July. Two weeks had passed since the boys went missing. Out of the blue, Thai authorities announced they were getting the boys out now. There is no other day that we are more likely uh, that we are more ready than today, said the head of the rescue operations. Journalists, volunteers, everyone was asked to hightail it out of the camp. Um, what and they're like, why, why now? What was the snap decision? So, a rain that had pelted the the area incessantly had petered out over the recent days, and this gave the rescuers a window. So locals. Yeah, so locals had also told the Navy SEALs that by around the 10th of July, every year, the cave system would become completely flooded. So they were like, right, lads, it's oh, now or never. Uh, so the journey was split into two sections. The first, from the boys' rocky ledge to chamber three, was the most difficult. Rescuers made their way for hours through the pitch dark waters. Uh, it was freezing cold, feeling their way with guide ropes. At the time, they had to navigate sections so insanely narrow that it could just about fit a fucking head, your head through, uh, which, of course, then your body could get through. So each boy was given a full face air mask to ensure they could breathe. They were clipped to a diver and another diver co- accompanied them, right? A cylinder was strapped to the front of each child uh, while a handle was attached to their back. They were held face down to ensure water could run a- would run away from their faces. So John, one of those divers that found them, likened the equipment to a shopping bag that allowed them to manoeuvre the boys around obstacles. They just kind of carried them underwater. Uh, yeah, it sounds like they're kind of like a kind of a toolbox or something. Yeah, yeah. So uh, at narrow sections, though, the rescuers had to unstrap the air tank in order to force them through. So they were like, what are we going to do with these terrified young lads? They have to drug them. So what they did was the Thai government said the boys and the coach were allowed to be given anti-anxiety medication to relax. It pretty much fucking knocked them out, right? But safely. And they were totally sedated. So kind of semi-conscious. Because if they started panicking in that situation, like everyone was was dead. Do you know that way? Jesus, yeah, yeah. So anyway, they one by one, they got them out. Hours and hours of funneling children you know, through these insanely... And they were all out, lads. And every single one, including Aki, the coach, survived. And, and it was it an incredible... Like 
How did long did they do it? Tuesday, they did it in two days. Okay. God. And the lads kind of, I'm not... luckily were, did, didn't remember their, their kind of crazy journey out. So they kind of just came out. And uh, yeah. what I thought was really interesting was all the families sent the 13 lads off to a, um, I can't remember what it's called, but like a place where all the monks train. And this was oh, sort yeah. of, mm. and they were sort of thinking, the thinking behind it was that they were, this was an incredibly terrorizing event that the lads had been through and that they needed some coaching in sort of meditation and to process kind of the, the yeah, what, right. what had just happened. So anyway, wow. that was it. That's the story. Absolutely that incredible. Amazing. Wasn't that's it? That's an amazing really, story. truly incredible. Yeah. Jesus. And that's, and that's the kind of the world pulling together, you know, yeah. they really tapped every resource there. And it worked. That's Would have been terrible now if everyone died, but they didn't. And now, happy days. So we can fucking work together and we'll all take the vaccine and we'll all be alive. Absolutely. Or we'll all be dead. And that's also fine. If everyone's dead, everyone's alive. That's it. If everyone's dead, nobody's dead. <laughs> they just reset the simulation and we started back in March 2020. Happy Big bang, bosh. Happy days. That what class. if they reset the yeah. simulation and we just went back to November 2016? Yeah. Wait now, that's Trump. Yeah. But we mightn't get Billie Eilish. Would you be okay with that trade-off? <laughs> um, anyway, that's listen, my story for you. That was fucking epic. Oh, like she caved. Incredible. And, and being trapped just gives me it's such fucking willies. Do you ever go scuba diving ever? I never have. No, I wouldn't. I fucking I wouldn't. I have, yeah. Scared. You have. What's it like? Yeah, I've done it quite a bit. Um, <laughs> just like a humble brag there. Uh, I do quite a bit of sea swimming. I was in the sea before everyone else was in the sea. When scuba diving was just this really cool solitary activity. It was just a solitary thing that I used year. to do before everyone decided they loved to get into the sea. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Where did you learn, Kat? Um over in Nurka in Spain my uncle is my uncle's an instructor oh, my, wow. like so my my cousins do it quite frequently Jesus so you um, put the dive in creep dive very good hey yeah, you're yeah, full yeah, of them yeah. today <sighs> I'm full of something mm. um, it's a lot of fun I'd it be, is a lot of fun I'm more scared it is of scary like than like a lot of things like I'd bungee before I do that jump out of a plane before I do that I don't know just I just get claustrophobic yeah, I and there's a lot, you have a lot of stuff on you. Do you know, like you're weighted down and you've got the tank and everything. So it is like there's, you you know, you're releasing air. So you go lower and lower and lower. And if you panic, you can't just come back up. You can't go through the bends. Exactly. You have to bring yourself up, exactly. readjust, bring yourself up. So like, I can understand why it'd be incredibly terrifying. Totally. To, um, Especially if you're a person that like, I wouldn't have the greatest trust in myself. Oh yeah, you second just, guessing. Well, you wouldn't. You wouldn't just. You wouldn't really be able to just come straight back up anyway, and your ears would pop Explode. out. Explode. Can be It'd quite be uncomfortable. Awful. So I'm quite right in being scared. Avoiding it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was whopper. Thanks, Jen. You're welcome. Great story. It actually reminded me of your other cave story, the oh, other yeah. one, which was one of the scariest stories I think we've ever had on the show. And I can't remember. But, was it actually for a hive episode? Per, I think it was. You know. I think it was, is this now, oh, I've had, so I think good. I did, it was on YouTube, it was one of the, one that we filmed when we were upstairs in 
on say circular road the in the cave. attic yeah the creep cave and I, it, it was that one of the of your man trying to rescue the body was that the yeah. one so yeah that's the one yeah with the like really long rope yeah. and stuff and then the body attached itself YouTube, to yeah. him and he died oh. too yeah oh god it's just one of the worst if anyone's not a patron highly recommend paying the four quid just to go and get that episode <laughs> Right. I think that's publicly available on YouTube. Shh. I think that was a mainer. Hush now, Cassie. Don't turn them away. Just give us the four euro anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Just Please. do it. Just buy an old beanie. Creepmas time. Um, class. What, well, what's going on with you, Cass? What you got there? Uh, so I realized uh, that my my very snappy off the cuff headline of the con woman is conned is actually not accurate at all. <laughs> it's just like a double bluff kind of con i'll just get in and tell you the story so i started going down this new rabbit hole which i think is quite an unexplored creep for us and one that i think is going to have lots of potential um but i'll tell you the story before i tell you the genre because i don't want to give it away so in september 2019 an immigrant from trinidad told the police in New York that he had been handcuffed and robbed of $700 by an Indian woman who was disguised as a police officer. What a great idea, isn't it? To like dress as a trusted authority source and then use that trust to rob people of their money. Yes. Absolutely. So then uh, six months later, another man in Nassau County went to said that he had been robbed by two police officer impersonators and described the main aggressor as an Indian woman. Um, the man said that he managed to take down the first three letters of the getaway car, a Jeep, a Grand Cherokee, uh, with the license plate AJD. Huh. And then a couple of months later, in May 2010, Another person said they'd been held up by a couple posing as police officers, right? So the police were on it, trying to find because obviously impersonating police officers is a huge. Is it? Is it? Isn't it? Is it a federal crime yeah. in the states? Yeah. It's very. It's a big no no. Um, that we so do it's a know. Real risky one for the you know big no no, right? So with the with the description of the suspects and and one of the victims said that she heard the pair call each other Seam and Elvis. So uh, using that information and the information of the license plate led them to arrest a woman called Simona Sumasar. Ah, right? Seam. So when she was pulled over Seamless. by the police, uh, they've, they've tracked the car found her one night driving pulled her over and a cop was like you know you did it just admit it and Sumasar was like what I have no idea what you're talking about but they cuffed her and they warned her that they had enough evidence to put her away for a very very long time so Simona Sumasar was a, a financial guru basically she was working for um sorry i'm just kidding she was working for um morgan stanley right and on the side 
That sounds Ron... like the most well-known one. And you're like, Morgane? Morgane? Stan Lai? <laughs> no, I was just waiting for... I was just... I have oh, loads of tabs open on this because it's not been like massively reported. Um, So she's working for Morgan Stanley. She... Uh, didn't finish college, but like was a really good financial wizard. So had worked her way up on Wall Street. Why the fuck is and she also robbing ran anyone? This, but she ran this little side uh, business of a little restaurant as well. Okay. Yeah, balls and apparently the restaurant wasn't doing that well. But like she sounds like she was working loads and she had a, she had a 12 year old daughter. Um, but through the whole thing, she protested her innocence. But the police officers were like, no, we have loads and loads of evidence on you. So they put her in a lineup and the three victims came in and they were like, that's her. All three of them positively identified her. So it seemed like a kind of like open and shut case. Here you go. Here's the woman. Have the license space. Names match. She was dating a man called well, Elvis. That's her name ask. is Simona. Who is Elvis? Seem, yeah, like... They were like, here we go. This is open and shut, whatever, right? Simona's ex, Jerry Ram Ratten, was also Sorry. Ram about, um, Rotten. Ram Ratten. Ram Ratten. Ram Rammed Rotten. Ram Ratten. Okay, no I'm problem. probably being a fence. But like, let's just keep going. Fine. Let's not pick each other let's up not. and tear each other I down. I apologize. Let's just keep going through. You know, we let you away I with know. all those pronunciations did. through the entire thing. You did. No one said a thing. So, um, Jerry the was also word name for the mountain. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You let even, me roll even right when you said, them. even when you said the sentence, has there ever been more appropriate a name for a thing? I didn't. No one said anything. No one commented on your comment about the name. We let you away with a scoff-free and agreed with you and said, "Yeah, Jen. Never ever before has there been a more fair, horrendously, I apologize, foreboding name Please. for for a cape." Okay. Yes. So Ramratten was <laughs> going around the place. Uh, bragging about how he was a t- detective for the NYPD. Mm. So he had met Simona when she was working in her restaurant and the pair had hit it off straight away. He'd walked in, talked about how he was an investigator, loved the food, and she was really impressed with them. So they started dating. But the honeymoon phase did not last long for these lovebirds. So she noticed that Jerry never actually seemed to go to work and he was just saying things like well I'm an investigator I'm a detective like I go out to different cases but like our our working days are different like Simona was working all the time so she didn't pick him up on it too much and after about a year of dating he moved in with her in Queens and that's when she really noticed that like, he very very fucking rarely went to work went to work she's be raging so, at your other half yeah. If yeah. Had that kind so, of cushy fucking lie. But after a couple of months, she copped on that it was all fucking lies. And she said to him, You tell so many lies, I think you actually believe what you're saying. And the relationship really began to break down after that. And she suggested that he moved out, but he that he would move out, but he refused. So on March eighth, two thousand and nine, he sexually assaulted her. <gasps> and it was yeah, he was really he was a fucking terrible man, right? And but she rang the police straight away and she pa- pressed charges. Okay. And she refused to drop them. So Jerry Ramratton gave his ex girlfriend an ultimatum to drop the rape charges or she would pay. But she absolutely 
refused. She wanted him out of her life for good. He got out on bail and he began to plot. Of course he did. He began to plot his revenge. Oh, fuck. So, what he did was he talked three different people, three random strangers, totally unconnected people into framing Simona for robbery and impersonating a police officer. Oh my God, so the supposed victims were paid. So the crimes never even occurred, right? And even though Simona, for all three of the attacks, had um, proper alibis the whole time, said that she, she had phone records showing that she was they were being pinged from elsewhere she said um they had she had like other witnesses other people attesting to her alibis she had proof that a phone call was made at a casino in connecticut at one one of the days during the robbery um but the executive assistant district attorney in Nassau County said that because her business, the restaurant wasn't doing well, she had motive for mon- for robbing people. Oh, she was earning so much. She was earning six figures in Morgan Stanley. Is this and just the most racism? Amount of money, yes. And the most amount of money that was taken in any of the robberies were $700. And her defense team yeah. were like, this woman Why does not need to be this? robbing people on the street. Right? Um, the the scheme. So when she was arrested, her bail was set for one million dollars. Oh, of so she course. Spent he's a, like he's accused of a violent attack. Yeah, good gets point. Out on bail, mm-hmm. she's accused yeah. of fucking. Oh my god. So her bail was set at $1 million and prosecutors watched the scheme unravel in December 2010, just weeks before her trial date was set, when one of the informers told the police that Jerry Rimratton had staged the plot. The informer gave detectives... Or the... uh, I think one of the victims does come forward, but I think it's it's a former acquaintance of Jerry's Ah. that... He's been boasting. uh, ...informs the piece. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's been boasting. So um, the informer gave detectives a number for a cell phone owned by Miss Moran. And when they checked the phone records, they discovered multiple calls to the false witnesses who confessed to the police. So they were all charged with perjury, right? But what he had done was psychotic. He had driven them. He had coached them. So he had driven them repeatedly past her house so they could see her and then give proper descriptions of what she looked like when they were reporting to the police. She... He had showed them photos of her and he had made them memorize her license plate so that they could, you know. Did he pay them? They had Why would they do this? I mean, I mean, I'm assuming that they had he had paid them or else one of them was an illegal Im- immigrant. So perhaps he was blackmailing mm. or threatening him. Um, but whatever way he had gotten them involved, one of them eventually did come forward and say that none of this happened that none of this happened right but in the seven months that C- simona was in prison her house went she into was foreclosure. in prison for her... seven months before oh, her yeah, trial right. came her trial date came. before her trial date oh, right because obviously she didn't have a million quid to pay the bail and she didn't have anyone with access to a million quid so in the seven months that she was in prison um her life was her destroyed. house Absolutely true. She obviously lost her job. Her house went into foreclosure 
She lost her business and her daughter, who was 12 years old, was separated oh, from her because shit. of she had no family. there. Obviously put into. Well, she might have been put into the care of a family, but like it's still really traumatic for a 12 year old child to be taken away from. And for such an obviously n- like. And this is the thing from the moment she was arrested, she told prosecutors and the cops that she was being framed, that this guy had a vendetta against her because she wouldn't drop the rape charges and he had threatened yeah. to get his revenge on her. But all of that's the there in her case. Time. All of that is there. Yeah. Anyway, she could yeah. see, but but he wasn't connected to this crime, though, was he? Like, she was like, I'm being framed by this guy that I have uh, whatever protection the order against. But said the name Elvis, too. Yeah, oh, so they had right. details. But like, even with her alibis, it just goes to show how racist mm. and misogynistic the um, judiciary system but can she's be. she's in America. She can sue them after the fact. So she is suing them now. Okay. Um, but she is, yeah, she's planning lawsuits against the police departments of New York City and Nassau County. And... Um, neither agency have commented on that but obviously she will because she was wrongfully arrested um, and imprisoned, imprisoned during that time and lost everything I mean, she's no and other so option was it then when so the inf- the informer friend and the victim came forward or the fake victim that's what got her off that's what got her off and they were all charged with perjury right so Jesus. then um then prosecutors finally brought Jerry Ramratton to trial for the accused rape and for his part to play in this story so um the evidence presented by so the prosecuting his defense team sorry kept saying that he was innocent and then tried to slander um simona further and say that you know the truth will come out about Mm -hmm. her and her acquaintances which is just like oh, in the States, like that seems to be their defense is to just make something incredulous by making the mm. the uh, opposite party seem to be unreliable so that, you know, yeah, they can't and prosecute like the, because the burden of proof of is on the prosecution. So the defense only has to kind of muddy the waters, really. Mm-hmm. They just have to kind yeah. of vaguely say just. Well, she could unreliable. have. Yeah. Yeah. Like just like when Casey Anthony's dad supposedly abused her and then mm. they just never yeah. returned to that whole thing and the whole trial again mm-hmm. but it was enough like. yeah but uh anthony grandinette who was uh simona's lawyer he kind of led the defense of like why would this first of all she was really tiny and petite as well i was like why would this tiny woman with no criminal Ridiculous. work record who worked for 10 years on wall street randomly hold people up at gunpoint at night dressed as a policewoman ridiculous um absolutely appalling right so eventually they did bring jerry to court uh he was sentenced i think for uh sentenced to 27 and one third years in prison okay uh he's and he's currently in rikers island in new york city good so enough for what a fucking cunt but you're totally right selves yeah. the fact that he got nothing at all for the sexual assault or just like oh, yeah. this is a yeah. maddening story so she's now in the process of suing is she in she is she must be has she got her daughter back in it all that carry on 
Uh, yeah, so she lost her business, her home, custody oh. of her daughter and her mess. And also the worst part is that she just feels like she can't trust the the system. Now, Nassau County approved a $3 million settlement for her. We don't know if that has finalized yet, but she does say that she pays for everything in life on a credit card in case she's ever wrongfully convicted of something oh or wrongfully God, accused of something again so that she, she can be ready by way. having money. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's and not about have, and also someone. have have money there in her because like you can't bail someone out on credit. You know, you oh, have yeah. to have it in assets or whatever. So she'll keep she keeps her money in her bank account so that she can bail people out and that she just says that she'll never trust the police again ever again. Yeah. So See? that is my new genre of creeps. It's people who purposefully frame other people I for mean, crimes they did not commit. It's. It, it, again, it just amazes me that they can find people to rope in, do you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I guess, like, like you say. How does the guilt not get to those people? Well, he's obviously a fucking psychopath. He was well, never no, yeah, an investigator. He was, he was never a thing. Yeah, he but picked he was up a psychopath his... cast, but the others were just fucking mercenary yeah. cunts. And like, that. Had, that's, how did the guilt not get to them is that mm. was what I was saying like because we know the other guy is fucking out for blood and he's evil but like mm-hmm. they're yeah. just like what? going to bed at night being like hope that woman that I'm completely fucking over is okay doesn't think you about her at all isn't it isn't it not absolutely <laughs> horrendous and also he had learned everything he knew of the um, he learned everything he knew about framing framing and being whatever as a from CSI, he just CSI. watched a lot of fucking. He just watched a lot of fucking police programs when he wasn't going to work and doing anything, and he had previously been like an informer, so he had been like ratting out to the police about other stuff. Ah, so he's like, sort he of familiar with the process. An investigator. Ram just, that's probably by the name. Ram Ratten by nature. Ratten by nature. <laughs> um. So that's that's. That I'll one. put my. I'll show myself out. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've played a blinder here tonight now, Sophie, with your puns. Whopper. I really enjoyed it. A whopper them. episode. Thank you, what Cass. Good, great yeah, story. Great stories, lads. Thank you so much. Uh, PSA, uh, there is blood curdling screaming probably being picked up on my mic. Let me assure listeners the children are safe. They are being cared for by their father. All <laughs> G. All good. Also, All good. I've been shifting around in a leather chair. Oh, I haven't heard that. Have not no, heard the squeak. Uh, thank you all for listening. If you if you want more, there's like oh, 80 hours or something crazy on our Patreon uh, that you could feast upon over this festive season, should you wish. Four dollars or something. Um, come for on those in. Who support us already. Oh, thank, thank you. you. So Huge thank you. Much. We yeah. appreciate it so bloody much, guys. Um, we love you. Yeah. Yes. We love you. Yes, thank Truly. you, thank you. It's great. And uh, see you Thursday. See you Thursday. Bye. Buy the merch. Bye. Bye. Buy some merch. Buy some merch. <laughs> Buy some merch.
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.